before we get into today's episode, I have to apologize. There is not going to be a second round in this mock draft. Um, I had planned on on recording that and uh, putting it in this episode. Unfortunately, I ran out of time. Um, the draft lottery is tomorrow, uh, which is Tuesday, May 16th. Um, after that lottery, I will be putting out another mock draft pretty soon afterwards, um, which will have the full two rounds in it. Um, so I wanted to get this episode out before the lottery. Um, more just to give you an idea of who the top 30-ish players are in this year's draft. Um, but without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you so much for, for uh, clicking on the episode and, and listening. Um, yeah, thank you again. Welcome on into the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Earlier on in the week, we did an episode on by NBA uh, Draft Big Board. Um, so that was me going over how I rank these all these players. Um, today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing Mock Draft 1.0. Um, <clears throat> now, this draft, the lottery hasn't taken place, so we're just going to go off of what the how the teams are uh, laid out currently. Uh, before the mock draft, and there's not going to be any trades or anything like that. Uh, I may bring up the fact that uh, teams should trade or do whatever, but in this one, it's just straight-up picks, and I'm doing it the way I think the draft will actually go, not the way that I think it should go. So if I have a guy ranked 30th, but everybody else has him ranked like 16th, He's probably going to go right around 16 in this draft. Um, but anyway, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, first pick is the Pistons, and this is by far the most obvious pick in the entire draft. Nobody's going to go against this. And that is Victor Webemiana out of France. Victor is a power forward slash center slash probably small forward. He was seven foot five, 220 pounds. Um, is just a, a freak. He's a seven foot five Kevin Durant. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, I don't see any reason why this guy won't be a Hall of Famer in the future. Um, and obviously on my big board, I had him ranked first. The second pick in, in this draft, I have the Rockets taking Brandon Miller. Small forward slash shooting guard out of Alabama. Brandon Miller is 6'9", 210. And I've said this before, but he could be the next Paul George. The defense isn't quite there yet, but on the offensive end, he's very much like Paul George, especially once he adds on a little bit more muscle and really gets some experience in the league. Can create his own shot um, or can play off the ball. Um, and on the defensive end, again, it's still he's not quite to where Paul George is, but he's a good defender. And on my big board, I had him ranked fourth or third. My bad. With the third pick in this draft, I have the Spurs taking Scoop Henderson, point guard out of the G League Ignite program. Now, I talked in my big board episode about how I'm a little worried about Scoot. Um, I think there's the possibility that he is a one of these super athlete point guards that just doesn't have the efficiency to get it done in the NBA. 
Um, the the uh, the name I kept bringing up was Dennis Smith Jr. I think there's a chance as good as Dennis Smith Jr., but I think it's more likely that he is a super solid point, uh, you know, point guard in the NBA for a long, long time. Possibly make some All Star teams. Um, if he lives up to his full potential, he could be an All NBA type guy. Um, I had him fourth on my big board. I'm going third here to the Spurs. You know, the Spurs need. They need that lead guard. You know, Trey Jones has done a good job for them. But Trey Jones, like his brother Tyus, is more of just a super high-level backup. Um, you don't really want him to be your long-term starter. And the Spurs are starting to put together a nice young core there with Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and uh, Jeremy Sohan. So Scoot Henderson goes to the Spurs there. With the fourth pick, I have the Charlotte Hornets taking Jarris Walker, power forward slash center out of Houston. Um, the Hornets are going to be getting back Miles Bridges this year. Um, so immediately you can be your starting small forward. They're probably going to be moving on from P.J. Washington. You have your star point guard in LaBella Ball. Um, we'll see if they believe in Terry Rozier or not going into the future. Um, but Jairus Walker immediately gives them more of a defensive identity, um, which he can play right alongside their lottery pick from last year, Mark Williams. And those two together can really be a scary front court on the defensive end. You had a super athlete like Miles Bridges to the mix and the Hornets, uh, could possibly sneak their way into a playoff spot this next year. Um, I think they're a little bit further away than where they would like to be right now, but they could, you know, with some solid additions and with a little bit of tweaking to their roster, they could, they could make it to the playoffs next year. And I had Jairus Walker fifth in the, in my big board. Um, at five, I have Cam Whitmore going to the Portland Trailblazers. Cam Whitmore is a small forward slash power forward out of Villanova, 6'7", 230. Very similar to Miles Bridges. Has a very similar game. Uh, Bridges, I think, is a little bit more of an explosive athlete, while Cam Whitmore has a little bit more of a shooter's shooting touch. But very, very similar players. Um, the Trailblazers have, are doing just great at the guard position. They have Nurkic and uh, Grant at your at your uh, center and power forward. Um, I think Cam Whitmore could come in and probably immediately be your starting small forward for the team. Um, and then, you know, for the Trailblazers, their biggest question this offseason is figuring out what if they're going to keep Damian Lillard or not. And if they if they are keeping him around, how are they building this team? So this is a tr this is a play a pick. That could definitely end up getting traded um, to get Damian Lillard more veteran experience on this team. But if they keep the pick, whether they're keeping Dam or not, I would I would, would not mind Cam Whitmore for them. At number six, I have the Orlando Magic taking Amen Thompson, uh, point guard out of the overtime elite program. Um, I had him ninth on my big board. 
This is a guy that a lot of mock drafts have him like three or four. I think the majority have him right in this five to six range. Six, seven, 195 pounds, freak athlete. He is going to come into the league and immediately be one of the top five or 10 athletes in the entire NBA. Um, super fast, can jump out of the gym, um, great agility. Has good feel for the game as a good passer. On the defensive end, he, he needs to put in a little bit more effort, I, I feel, but has the potential to be a very good defender. Um, the one area you're worried about him is the shooting, and that's why his fit with Orlando is not the greatest because they need floor spacers. But, I mean, if if you can get your point guard of the future here to go along with Franz Wagner and uh, Paulo Bancaro, I think taking him on Thompson is is a very good idea for the Orlando Magic here if he is available to them. At number seven, I have the Pacers taking power forward slash center Taylor Hendricks out of Central Florida University. And I had Hendricks ranked seventh, so this is right where I you know where I had him. Hendricks is a guy that that has been flying up draft boards ever since the start of the season. He was he was on anybody's mind um, at the beginning of the year. He worked his way into being a late first round and then into late lottery, you know, late teens. And now a lot of people are talking about him being a top 10 pick. He is 6'9", about 225, 230, 7'3", wingspan. Super fluid athlete, can hit the three on the offensive end, can run the pick and roll. Uh, the defensive end is one of the best um, backside rim protectors um, that I've seen come out of the, out of the NCAA in a long time. Um, he's a guy that's going to be able to help out a, a shot-blocking center a ton, um, help cover the other side. Um, can also play out in space, can switch on the defensive end. So putting him next to a guy like Miles Turner is going to be huge for the Pacers. And then, you know, going forward, you got your your center, your power forward, you got your point guard at Tyrese Halliburton. And then Ben Benedict Matherin, you know, we'll see on him. I think I see him more as like an amazing six man in his career. Um, but may, maybe he's the uh, starting shooting guard uh, going forward. Um, so I really like the fit of Taylor Hendricks uh, with the Indiana Pacers at pick eight and this one makes me sad because he's gone before he gets to my team but I have the Wizards taking Casey Wallace if you listen to my big board episode I had Casey Wallace number two on my big board I think he is amazing I think he's going to be one of the best guard defenders in the entire NBA in a couple of years um, on the offensive end. I think he's going to be super solid. I think he's going to be a guy like Durant or DeRozan where they just get to their spot. And as soon as long as they can get just a couple inches of room, they can raise over their guy and hit mid rangers. He can run the point guard. He can play as the two. I really like case Wallace. And I, I really like his fit here with the wizards uh, playing next to Bradley Beal. Um, and along with uh, Porzingis and Kuzma. So 
as much as it pains me to uh, not have him available for the Jazz, I have to have Casey Wallace going to the Wizards here. So now, with a guy like Ty Taylor Hendricks really making a jump up in this draft, that, and Jarris Walker as well, that means somebody had to fall. And in this draft, it is Asar Thompson. And I have him going number nine to my Utah Jazz. Um, I have Asar ranked eighth on my on my mock, or on my uh, big board, but... Asar Thompson is, I think, if he doesn't develop his jump shot, he is young Andre Iguodala from day one. Fantastic defender. Could possibly end up being the best defender in this draft. And that's saying a lot. There's a lot of really good defensive players in this draft. But Asar Thompson, not quite the athlete that his brother is, but he is still a freak of an athlete. Um, he could come in and immediately be the starting shooting guard or small forward for this Jazz team. He gives them the size that they're looking for, that positional versatility, the defensive versatility. Um, his shot did get better this year than it's been in the past, but he still needs a lot of work, a lot of time on that jump shot. That's the only area I'm really worried about him, especially with a team like the Jazz, where they need to keep the floor space um, with the personnel that they have. Um, but if the Jazz end up here at nine with a star tops, then I'd be very happy. At number 10, now this is a pick that I, this is the Mavericks. I think that the Mavericks should be trading this pick whether that is trading it down to move off of salary or it is using it to try and find that third piece next to Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Um, the guy I have them taking is a good amount higher than what most people have him, but I could, I could easily see a team falling in love with this guy and, and taking him here as high as 10 or 11 or 12. Um, but that is Jordan Hawkins, shooting guard out of UConn. Um, I think he could play the three a little bit, but you'd rather him playing the shooting guard. But that's the nice thing about having a guy like Luca, where at 6'8", 250, he is technically the point guard, but he can he can cover the three for you. Um, and then, you know, Kyrie Irving run the one. Um, but Jordan Hawkins is an amazing shooter. He hits shots uh, coming off of screens. Um, you know, stand still, catch and shoot. He can create his own shot. He is a good cutter uh, to where if they're too worried about him at the three, he'll cut right to the basket. And as long as a good passer finds him, he can, you know, get the layup or get the dunk. Um, on the defensive end, he fights really hard. He's not. He's never going to be an amazing defender but he can hold his own, and I think he would just be a great fit here for the Mavericks as long as they are still keeping this pick. And I had him ranked 11th in my on my big board. At number 11, um, this is a guy, again, I'm not super impressed with this guy. I think he's going to be a good NBA pro. I just... 
I'm not in love with him like some other some people are, but that is Grady Dick going to the Magic. Grady Dick is six foot eight, you know, maybe two hundred pounds, probably closer to one hundred ninety pound. Uh, small forward, needs to add size and add strength, but he is a great shooter. Um, does not shoot well off moving around. Uh, more creating his own three, but he's a great standstill catch and shoot uh, shooter. Good cutter. Um, plays with a lot of intensity, a lot of fire. Um, and with the Magic already taking up Ben Thompson, you know they found their point guard of the future. Grady Dick is a guy that can slide in into the rotation, probably coming off the bench, but be able to space the floor and give all that those massive guys that the Magic have some room to operate. Um, I had Grady Dick 15th on my big board. At number 12, I have the Thunder taking a guy that I really like. And a, and a lot of draft guys have him moving up um, very quickly. Um, he's a guy that... This is a guy that uh, was not super high on a lot of mocks. Um, just a uh, like a month ago or so, but people are starting to really catch on. But that is Noah Clowney, power forward slash center out of Alabama. Noah is about 6'11", 220, 230 maybe, I would say. Um, he is the backup plan to Taylor Hendricks, I believe. Um, he doesn't move as well as Taylor Hendricks does. And he's not as versatile on the offensive end as Taylor Hendricks is, but he's a little bigger, and he can stand in the corner and he can knock down threes. Um, on the defensive end, he is a force. He can switch. He's got big, long arms. Uh, he's got great instincts for shot blocking. He's a guy that gets a lot of chase down blocks. Um, and for a team like the Thunder, you, you're getting t uh, Chet Holmgren back. Um, this next season, I think those two together as your front court is a scary proposition for defenses. And then, you know, you have Jalen Williams, who was second in, in uh, Rookie of the Year voting as your small forward. Then you go Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That team can definitely make the playoffs. It could probably make some noise in the playoffs. Still very young, versatile. Um, and Noah Clowney just seems like a Sam Presti guy. Um, on my big board, I had him 16th, um, but he's a guy that I really, really like, and here at 12 would not be much of a jump. At number 13, I have the Tur uh, Toronto Raptors taking a guy that Probably won't slide down this far, uh, but there's a chance it happens. But that is Anthony Black, point guard out of Arkansas. I really like Anthony Black. He really plays with a lot of intensity. Um, he's six foot seven, point guard. Has a great feel for the game. He he makes passes that you just don't see coming. Um, on the defensive end, he flies around. He really goes after stripping the ball and jumping passing lanes. 
may get himself into trouble every now and then with with reach-ins, but I think he can immediately come in and guard uh, point guards and shooting guards in the NBA from day one. On the offensive end, it may take him a little bit of time, but I think you could probably start him as your point guard um, right away. And for a team like the Raptors, especially if they're going to be losing Fred Van Vliet this summer, uh, you need to find your guards of the future. Uh, but that is a team that is very much in flux. Um, they fired Nick Nurse as their head coach, and they have a roster that just really – they have a lot of length, athleticism. I like a lot of the things about their roster, but it just doesn't quite make sense. So there could be a lot of changes coming into Toronto this offseason. But if they're here at the 13th pick and Anthony Black is available, he is a fantastic fit for the Toronto Raptors. Finally, the last pick of the lottery is the Pelicans. Um, for the Pelicans, they have a lot of length. They have a lot of versatility. Their big thing that they need to add is more shooting. They need to add more guys that can space the floor, make things easier on Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And so I have them taking Bryce Sensabaugh, a small forward slash shooting guard out of Ohio State. Uh, Bryce is 6'6", 235, big-bodied guy. Um, is extremely proficient or efficient. Sorry, extremely efficient on the offensive end. Um, shoots with for a high percentage from two, from three, creating his own shot, catch and shoot, moving off of screens. Uh, has the strength and ver and uh touch to be effective at the rim, especially against smaller guards when they try to guard him. And I think he would just be a great fit here for the Pelicans as a team that has a tough time, um, has had a tough time building around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Um, but that is the end of the lottery. The next section will be picks 15 through 30. All right, so the first pick following the lottery belongs to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the Hawks fired Nate McMillan as their coach this last year and hired Quint Snyder, um, which if that name sounds familiar to you, that's because he was the coach of the Utah Jazz um, during the entire Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell run. Um, he's a guy that gets the most out of his players. Um, and then Travis Schlenk also stepped down as GM of the Atlanta Hawks. Landry Fields, who used to play in the NBA, took over as a GM. So this is a team that is definitely um, in a different position than they were last offseason. Um, could be looking to completely change a team or just make little small tweaks uh, here or there to fit, you know, the uh, vision of what they have for the future. At, here at 15, I have them taking a little bit of a... a what do you want to call it? 
Anyway, taking a little bit of a shot here. Um, this is a guy that probably will be available a little later in the draft. Um, but I just like his fit here. And that is Leonard Miller, uh, power forward out of the G League Ignite program. Now, on my latest big board, I had him ranked 27th. He'll probably be moving up um, in the next big board. But Leonard Miller is 6'10", 6'11", you know, 2'10", 220, somewhere around there. Uh, <clears throat> he's not your typical NBA athlete. He moves pretty fast, but it's deceptive. Um, like, it doesn't look like he's moving very quick. It doesn't look like he's covering up, covering much ground, but he gets to where he needs to be. He has good instincts for the game. Plays with a lot of intensity. Ended up with a lot of games in the in the G League where he was, you know, 15 plus rebounds in a game. Um, has a lot of versatility on the offensive end. He's left-handed. You know, again, he's 6'10", 6'11", somewhere around there. Can create for others a little bit. Um, can hit the three. Can you know, do well at the basket. And I think coming in right away, as long as they keep Clint Capella and John Collins, he can come in, back up John Collins, learn underneath him, and, you know, play alongside Inyeka Kongwu, come off the bench. And eventually, you know, Quinn Snyder could be having Inyeka Kongwu and Leonard Miller be your starting uh, front court as they, as the Hawks you know, possibly move on from Capella and Collins. Um, so I like his fit here, and I think that Quinn Snyder and his staff can really get the most out of a young guy like Leonard Miller that still has a lot to improve on, um, but can also be a guy that can contribute, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a night in his rookie season. At number 16, my Jazz are back up. Um, uh, I don't really see the Jazz taking all three picks. I think they're going to put picks together and try and trade up or maybe use them to trade for a veteran or something. But, you know, again, in this mod, we're not making trades. We're just, uh, taking the picks as they lay. Um, so at number nine, the Jazz took a Sar Thompson, you know, got their shooting guard slash small forward of the future. At 16 here, I have them taking a guy that plays the same position, but again, Asar Thompson has a lot of versatility, could possibly even play some point guard, and so it doesn't. It never hurts to have guys that are super athletic and long and versatile, you know, on on the court together. Um, so I have them taking uh, Ryan Repair or Rayan Repair, however you say it, uh, from France. Played in New Zealand this last year. Six seven, seven foot three wingspan. This guy is a fantastic defender. He gets after it. He has amazing um, instincts on the defensive end. Knows where to be. Puts a lot of pressure on the ball. He'll cover you the full ninety four feet. Uh, is one big issue, and he's putting work into this, but it's going to be an issue. Is his shooting. Um, I know he's putting in a lot of work. Um, he's hired a shooting coach. They're putting in a lot of work to get that jump shot better. Um, but his size, his length, 
his versatility on the defensive end, um, his athleticism, they excite me enough to where at 16, I'm willing to take a chance on this guy. Um, and I think he could definitely be a long, long-term pro in the NBA. His first year in the NBA, he may spend a good amount of time in the G League. Uh, but I think eventually he can be a guy that can really shut down wings um, or, you know, shooting guards or skinny small forwards um, in the NBA for a long, long time. And then I think eventually he will have a good enough shot. Um, I think eventually he will have a good enough jump shot that he can play, you know, 20 minutes a night in the NBA uh, for, for a very long time. Um, so 16, I have Jazz taking Ray on repair. At number 17 is the Lakers. The Lakers found their way into the playoffs this year, had to go through the play-in, and they're in the, the second round now. They're up 2-1 on the Golden State Warriors. They're looking good. Um, you know, they made some additions at the trade deadline that really helped them out a ton. Um, now when it comes to putting together a team around LeBron James, shooting is number one thing that you need. You want shooting and you also want guys that can play away from the ball so that at times LeBron can run the point, um, and have the ball in his hands as much as possible. So at 17, I have the Lakers taking Keontae George, uh, shooting guard and slash point guard out of Baylor. Now, if Jordan Hawkins is still available here, that's who I would I'd have the Lakers taking. But Keontae George, he's six four, can play the point or the or the two. Um, good athlete, good good defender, um, has a beautiful jump shot. However, it didn't go in that much at Baylor this last year. But I think. You get him in with an NBA system. You give him get him with an NBA shooting coach. He's gonna figure out how to put how to get that ball in the hoop. And you know, next next year in the playoffs, I think he could be part of the rotation for the Lakers. Um and become a guy that can play off of LeBron James for ten minutes a night in the playoffs and uh you know, help keep the floor spaced, and then eventually, you know, turn himself into, you know, a starting level uh, combo guard in the NBA. At number 18, I have the Miami Heat taking Gigi Jackson out of South Carolina. Now, Gigi Jackson is probably the most polarizing prospect in this draft. Some people have him in the top 10. Some people have him in the second round. Um, And everybody else is somewhere in the middle. I'm somewhere in the middle on him. I I see why people have him in their top 10s. I see the potential that they're seeing. But I also see the concerns that other people have. The immaturity. The kind of the ball hogging. Um... 
the loss of focus from time to time. But Gigi Jackson is the youngest player in this draft. He's six foot nine, two hundred and ten pound, small forward. And what how I said Noah Clowney is the backup plan to Taylor Hendricks. Um Gigi Jackson is like the backup to the backup plan for Brandon Miller. Um like I think Clowney and Hendricks are close. You know, like um if you're grading it, you know, let's say Taylor Hendricks is an A, no Clowney is your A minus B plus, you know, guy. If Brandon Miller is an A, uh Currently, Gigi Jackson is like a B minus C plus. Um, so, you know, if we get 10 years down the road, maybe Gigi Jackson is better than Brandon Miller and he does become the all star level player that some people see. I just, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it, but I think he can be a guy that can have an effect in the NBA right away. And for a team like the Heat, that don't have much size. I think right away, just doing, just adding him for that reason would be a good fit for them. And then the Heat have such a great culture um, that I think putting a guy like him in that system, having him around those guys would be a really good thing for him. They can teach him how to be, first off, how to be an adult, and they can teach him how to be a professional. Um, so I really like the fit of Gigi Jackson with the Heat here at 18. At 19, I have the Warriors taking Derek Lively out of Duke. Uh, the Warriors, I could see drastic changes coming to the Warriors this offseason. And the biggest reason for that is Bob Myers, their GM, who put these teams together that have won, you know, what is it, four? Yeah, four championships now. He is on the last year of his contract, hasn't received a contract extension. He may be gone. Um, Draymond Green and Kyle, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are all getting old. And Steph Curry, I'd probably still hold on to him because he still plays at a just under an MVP level. But Clay Thompson and Draymond Green could be gone. They could turn the team over to the young guys and Steph Curry. Um, but one thing that this Warriors team has lacked for a, quite a while is a great shot blocker at the center position. Um, Kevon Looney does a really good job uh, using his body getting in guys' way, and just being a smart defender. But he's not hes not an intimidator there. And then also, if you can upgrade on Kevon Looney, it's not a bad option to do. Um, Derek Lively is a 7'1", probably 240-pound, I'd say, center. Great shot blocker. Um can switch a little bit out on the perimeter. On the offensive end, he's a fantastic pick-and-roll player and I think can eventually get to the point where he can space it out to the three. I think Derek Lively could be the next Miles Turner. 
uh, or at least close to. And that would be a great, you know, if the Warriors were able to add Miles Turner to their roster today, I mean, they're the favorites to be the champions. Uh, so adding a guy like Derek Lively, whether they keep the their same core together going into the future or they make some big drastic changes, I think he'd be just a, a, a good guy to take a chance here at 19. Um no matter what the Warriors are doing with this team. At number 20 the, is the Rockets. They are back up after taking Brandon Miller at number two. Here at number 20, I have them taking... This is a guy that's... I have him taken higher than what most people would. But that is Trace Jackson Davis, center, center slash power forward out of Indiana. I think... He could come in and be a fantastic backup to Alperen Shangun at the center position. Trace is 6'9", about 245, was college player of the year this year. He's a guy that can dominate down the post. He can hit from the mid-range. He can run the pick and roll. He's not a, he's not a freak athlete, and he doesn't have amazing size. That's why he's lower in this mock, and he's lower on other people's other people's mocks. Um and he's an older uh, prospect as well, but I just I just like the idea of adding a guy like Trace Jackson Davis to this Rockets team. Now there's a lot of rumors that the Rockets are going to chase veteran stars and really try and put this team together in a hurry, especially after hiring uh, Ime Yudoka as their center or as their uh, coach going forward. Um, there's a lot of rumors about James Harden. And there's also rumors about Chris Middleton as well. Um, so they're a team to, to definitely keep an eye on going into the summer. Um, you already got a guy earlier in Brandon Miller that I think is going to be a many times all-star in this league. Um, and the the idea of him and Jabari Smith uh, Jr. as your, along with Alperen Shangun as your kind of your front court as the future, you have your your shooting guard of the future and Jalen Green. Um, I think they're going to add their point guard through free agency this year. And then you, I like the idea of adding a guy like Trace Jackson Davis to be a backup big. Um, and a guy that just, even though he's still very young, would bring a lot of uh, stability to this young Rockets team. At number 21, it is the Nets. The Nets have the 21st and the 22nd pick. Um, one of the big issues that the, the Nets had this year, all throughout the year, is Nick Claxton is great at the center. But after him, they didn't have a backup center, really. And they didn't really have a power forward, either. They could step up and play the backup center um, when Nick Claxton had to go out of the game. So I have them addressing that need here with Deron Holmes out of Dayton. Uh, Deron Holmes is just, he is a, you know, rim protector, not going to block a ton of shots, but gets in the way on the defensive end and runs a good, great pick and roll. Just a really solid backup center type, you know, guy. I think come in and immediately give you those, you know, 
15 minutes a night, the clock's going to have to sit. I think you can immediately come in and fill those minutes and, you know, can compete with a guy like Dayron Sharp for those ba- that backup center spot uh, in, in training camp this year. So then with the next pick that the Nets have here at 22, um, <clears throat> I have the Nets basically just taking a chance on a, on a freak athlete that I think could fit around the, the young players that they're, they're building up as their future stars, especially Miles Bridges. Uh, but I have them taking City Sissoko, um, who plays for the G League Ignite, is from France. He's a 6'6", 215 uh, shooting guard, freak of an athlete. Um, I, I brought this up in the uh, in, on my draft board. Um, there's the one thing to worry about with him is if he never figures out his jump shot. If he doesn't figure out his jump shot, he could be out of the NBA because he's he reminds me a ton of Mia Oni, who used to play for the Jazz, where they have the body, they have the athleticism, they have the defensive ability, but you can't play them because they can't hit jump shots. Um, so that's the one thing I'm worried about with City Soko. but I think with a team like the Nets, who aren't looking to immediately be a contender, they're still growing around their young core. I think he would be a good gamble for them to take as a guy that they can try and develop and and build up his skill set. At number 23 is the Trailblazers again. They had taken Cam Whitmore at the fifth pick. Here at 23, I have them working still on that on their front court. Um, you know, you added a guy in Cam Whitmore who's a small forward, such power forward type guy. I have them adding another guy that's a small forward, power forward type guy in Jet Howard out of Michigan. Jet Howard is a six foot eight, about 225, 230 pound uh, wing. Is a really good shooter. Can actually create um, with the ball in his hands out of the pick and roll, as can Cam Whitmore, which be kind of nice because the the trailblazers guards can shoot so you could have times where these two small forwards are running the pick and roll instead and you can have damian lillard and anthony simons ready to uh catch and shoot um jet the one thing that where I'm worried about Jet is on the defense bend. I think he's a little slow-footed. He's flat-footed. You know, he's not the greatest of athletes. And then he just really did not rebound the ball well at all this last year um, at Michigan. Um, and so that, but taking him here all the way at 23, I mean, if he doesn't work out, it's okay. Uh, but I think he he's a guy that I think will have a long NBA career. It just may not ever be um, to the same level as like what his dad's was. Uh, his dad is Jawad Howard. Um, but I think Jet Howard is is a guy that's going to make it in the NBA. At number twenty four, 
I have the Kings taking guard Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. Now, if you listen to my big board episode, I don't like Nick Smith Jr. I think he's a guy that could very easily find himself out of the NBA in just a few years. He is Jordan Clarkson without the extreme athleticism and without the amazing ball handling um, that Jordan Clarkson has and like an inch and a half shorter. Um, But there's a chance that he could be a good, you know, six-man type shooting guard. Um, and for a team like the Kings, you know, especially with the success that a guy like Malik Monk has had for them, he wouldn't be a bad guy to take a chance on here, especially since all their other positions are filled pretty well. The Kings have done a pretty good job of, of filling out a pretty balanced roster. Um, so they're a team that can afford to take a chance on a guy like Nick Smith Jr. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong and he hits and he becomes this fantastic starting shoot, shooting guard in the NBA. Um, but I just wouldn't bank on it. At number 25 is the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies are have already decided they're moving on from Dylan Brooks. Um, so they're going to be needing guys... They can play that small forward, power forward position. Um, now, this the guy I'm taking is not going to fill the same role that Dylan Brooks did, but that's a hard role to fill, especially at 25. But I have them taking Chris Murray, uh, small forward slash power forward out of Iowa. Um, he is the twin brother of Keegan Murray, which a lot of people have the Kings taking Chris at 24 to put the two brothers together, which makes a lot of sense. I get it, but um, I have him here going to the Grizzlies. He can immediately give them a guy that can, can handle the ball himself and create his own shot, or he can play away from the ball, uh, work in the catch and shoot, um, is a good defender. Not He's not a super amazing athlete, but he can handle his own. He can rebound well. He can move the ball. Um, so whether coming off the bench or starting at the small four position for them, I think he'd be a good fit for this Grizzlies team. And he's a high character guy, which Dylan Brooks was not. That's why they're not bringing him back. Um, at number 26 is the Pacers. Um, after taking Taylor Hendricks at number seven, I have them taking... Brandon Podzimski, shooting guard out of uh, Washington State. Now, I don't know if he'll go quite this high, but a lot of mock drafts have him. I have, have him as a high second round pick. Um, and so here at 26, it wouldn't be much of a reach. But Podzimski is, to me, he is a bigger Luke Kennard. Um, he's about 6'6", can knock down the three, can come off the screens. He's never really going to be able to create his own offense. On the defensive end, he's a little slow. You know, but, you know, being 6'6", he he's not going to get destroyed. Um, 
But for a team like the Pacers that need to add shooting, they need to have people that can space the floor for uh, a guy like Tyrese Halliburton to really create and for uh, Miles Turner to be able to spend time around the basket instead of just sitting around the three. Um, so, again, at 26, I have the Pacers taking Brandon Podzimski out of Washington State. At 27 is the Hornets. And the Hornets took Jarris uh, Walker um, at number four. Here at 27, I have them taking Dariq Whitehead out of Duke. So since he's from Duke, he already in North Carolina. Not much of a move for him. Um, but Dariq Whitehead, I think, can immediately come in and challenge for the starting shooting guard position, especially if they're not bringing Kelly Oubre back. Um, he can he can be a challenger to Terry Rozier for the starting shooting guard spot. Um, Derek Whitehead is six six, maybe six seven. You know, two fifteen is a fantastic jump shooter. Has a great shot. Uh, reminds me a ton of AJ Griffin, who plays for the um plays for the Hawks now. Um. You know, AJ, AJ Griffin and Derek Whitehead, I think both those guys, if they never become full-time starters, they're always going to be guys that can get 15 minutes for a team in a playoff scenario um, and really be a big part of a rotation coming off the bench. Um, what's, or, uh, the reason I have Derek Whitehead falling this far, though, is he had a foot injury that he had surgery on coming into this season for Duke. And I guess he is having another procedure done on that same uh, foot. Uh, or he just barely had it. Um, so he'll be ready for training camp. But that's the only worry I have about Derek Whitehead is his health. I think if he had a full, clean bill of health... You're looking at probably around the 15th pick for Derek Whitehead. So as long as he can stay healthy, this is a really good pickup here for uh, for the Hornets. At 28 is the Utah Jazz again. Now this guy I have them taking. Um, I'm probably going to change my mind on it the next time I do a mock draft. But this is a guy that I just I watched the film on it, and I. I like the guy. I just I can't put my f- finger exactly on why I like him so much, but that is Coleman Hawkins out of Illinois. Coleman is a six foot ten, two hundred forty pound center slash power forward. Has a game really similar to uh, Demontis Sabonis, um, the All Star center for the Kings. Coleman can create. Uh, he can run, you know, the offense with the ball in his hands, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, he's a great passer. He can catch the ball at the basically at the free throw line and create for others. Um, he didn't shoot an amazing percentage this year from three, but he puts a lot of them up, and he's doesn't shoot awful. Um, so he's a guy that can help space the floor. I think for the Jazz, he'd probably spend a lot of time in the G League this year, probably the the entire season 
Um, but he can learn behind um, Kelly Olenek. He can learn behind Larry Markkinen and Luka Samanich. Um And I think in time, Coleman Hawkins could be, you know, that that a great option as a backup center to Walker Kessler. And then at times could even play the power forward next to Kessler, just like Kelly Olenek has uh, this last year. Um, so, again, that's 20, 28. I have the Jazz taking um, Coleman Hawkins out of Illinois. So with that, real quick, so the Jazz end up with their three picks with Asar Thompson, um, Rayan Repair and Coleman Hawkins. Again, that that's probably going to change for me the next time I do a mock. Probably won't have him taking Coleman Hawkins. Um, but I just I just like the guy. I don't know why. Anyway, um, pick twenty nine belongs to the Pacers. They already have taken Taylor Hendricks and Brad Brandon Podzimski. So they figured out their starting power forward of the future with Hendricks. And I have them here trying to figure out. Or, and then Podzimski, they added some shooting here at 29. Um, and again, this guy, I just I don't see him being available this late. Um, I've watched a lot more film on him, and I like the guy a lot more than what I thought I would. Um, so he'll be he'll be higher up on the next mock, but I have them taking Kobe Bufkin, uh, guard out of Michigan. Kobe Bufkin is six four. Started out as Michi- at Michigan as a defensive specialist. This last this year, took over the offense, and was their best offensive player. Um, especially at the end of the year, he was better than Jet Howard on the offensive end. Um, and at 6'4", I think he's a guy that can last in the NBA for a long time. Um, this would create a little bit of a crowded backcourt uh, here for the uh, for the Pacers. You know, you already have Tyrese Halliburton. You have uh, Andrew Nemhard. Uh, TJ McConnell's already there. Um, but if... If Buffkin was still available here at 29, I mean, they'd probably take him at 26, but if he's still available that late, I mean, you can you can figure out uh, how to deal with your crowded backcourt. Finally, the last pick of the first round belongs to the Los Angeles Clippers. I have the Clippers taking Maxwell Lewis, small forward slash shooting guard, out of Pepperdine. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Maxwell Lewis. There are others that are really big fans of him. Um, he's a guy that can, he can put the ball in the hoop. You know, that's, that's his big talent is putting the ball in the hoop. Um, I think he can, he can stay in the NBA for quite a while as a six man. I just don't see whatever makes him like a, a guy that can start. Um, in the NBA, but you know he's six seven, probably one hundred ninety five pounds. I would say, you know, long, lean uh, body type. Um, 
But here at 30, you know, if you're a team like the Clippers, adding more length, adding, you know, more youth to your group, adding more guys that can put the ball in the hoop, never a bad option. Um, so that ends the first round. Um, the next section will be the second round. Um, now keep in mind in this year's draft, there are only 58 picks instead of 60 um, because the, let's see, what two teams is it? I think it's the Bulls and the, I can't remember. Anyway, there are two teams that had to forfeit their second round picks um, for tampering charges. Charges, yeah. Um, now, personally, I, I think that the NBA should do a lottery system for those last two picks. Throw all the all the teams into a hat. You know, except for the two teams that had to forfeit their picks, but, you know, you, or you, you do it like you would do the lottery system where they, you have a ping pong balls and a set of numbers and all that kind of stuff, but you run it out and you go, okay, we're going to do 60 full picks. So if there's 60 guys that get a chance to be drafted and, and all that. And so 59 goes to the. Trailblazers and 60 goes to the the Spurs. Okay, cool. We have we have 60 picks. Um, that's what I think the, the NBA should do instead of just not having those two picks taken. Though that's two guys that don't get the opportunity to hear their name called at the draft. Um, you know, and that happened last year too. That was that last year draft was 58 picks because of forfeited picks. So, anyway, not a big issue. Just thought I'd bring it up. But anyway, uh, we'll get into the second round here in the next section.